Just needs a ride. 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 Ain't got no money. Just needs a ride. Ain't got no way. Just needs a ride. Just needs a ride. Just needs a ride. He needs to go. Just needs a ride. He needs to go. Just needs a ride. Just needs a ride. Just needs a ride. And a tattoo, and everybody thought it was real. A henna tattoo? A henna tattoo. That's, that's interesting. Kind of. I guess. <laughs> hey, this is a good way to start. Dumb tattoos. Dumb. Do you have any tattoos? I have three tattoos. Oh. Yeah, I have one on my ring finger, one on my back, and one under my arm. This one on my oh. ring finger is a light bulb. I've never, I've never seen any. Um, the other one's right here, on the underside of my right arm. Okay. And Great the one, visual stuff. Yeah. I'm loving this. And then the one on my back is, uh, it says Tattavamasi, which is Sanskrit for thou art that. I was feeling very introspective for a while, and I was like, I want to get a tattoo that represents how I view the world. So everybody knows. Well, now you can just tweet it. My tattoo? Yeah. Or... You can just tweet that. Oh, how I feel the, about yeah. the world? I suppose so. Kevin White said my favorite thing about Twitter, which is just that it's a drunk text that you send to the world. Oh, yeah. Definitely. I forget, like, I'll spend time on Twitter, and then I'll tweet a couple things, and then forget about it, and then be surprised when I get a notification. Yeah. It's like, oh, someone's paying attention to me. Twitter notifications are way better than Facebook notifications. Yeah. I feel much better about myself. Like, if I, if I get, like, four faves, I'm like, dang, girl, you, you said something really smart or cute <laughs> or funny. I guess because it doesn't, like, Twitter doesn't really have comment. You can reply to people, but, like, I, like, how often do you get replies? Um, I would say, like, maybe once a week. Yeah, see, I don't get a lot of replies on Twitter. It's like, I don't even get a lot of anything on Twitter. Yeah. I'm not uh, big or anything, but <laughs> I'm not blowing up on the internet. Well, I think just because it's so constant and it's there's always something happening, like, your one tweet has a very small chance of, like, actually getting seen. Right. Well, depending on how many people That's why you, gotta get, that's why you gotta get those retweets, man. I know. Because that way, like... Like, I remember, like, I, I had tweeted something a while back, and then, speaking of Kevin White, he retweeted it, and it got, like, oh, it got a lot of attention. I was like, oh, I'm going to do a lot of that <laughs> on the way. <laughs> it's going to be so annoying. Um, it's, yeah, that's why I got those retweets, man. Got to get those so people will pay attention to you. Yeah. So other people see it. What was your greatest moment on Twitter? To date. To date? To date. Oh. I'm not oh. saying you hit your Twitter peak, but, okay. My gr I got blocked by Missy Elliott once. What? <laughs> yeah. How do you know that you get blocked? Oh, because I went to her profile and it said it was, I was blocked. I forget. It was This is a long time ago. Like, it, it isn't even on the Twitter account that I use now. It do you was... think Missy Elliott runs her Twitter page, or it's Oh, I think person, so. Another person? I think it's her. You think it's Missy? She was, because I had said, like, she had fallen off or something. And like and she, she responded to me. And then blocked you? Yeah. 
That's pretty awesome, though. Yeah. That's like I'm I really think, excited. I think more famous people should do that. Like, I recognize what you said. I'm gonna deal with it, and then you are out of my life. Some people just block them. Yeah. And don't say anything. Yeah. There was one. Uh, I remember the like the Brooklyn guys. Frankie and Charlie tweeted something like, show me your tits. The Chelsea, Chelsea Peretti, Peretti, yeah. And then she was like, this is funny, but I'm still blocking you. Yeah, it was like, then, I, this is funny, but I'm in a bad mood, so I'm blocking you. Yes. Which is pretty awesome. Have you ever been blocked on Twitter? Or do you, or I'm pretty that you know of? Um, I don't think I've been blocked on Twitter. I pretty much don't put anything negative out on Twitter. Uh-huh. Um, I thought about blocking somebody. My ex's ex was reading my tweets to like find out more about me because I have good Facebook, you know, mm-hmm. settings or whatever, security settings. And she would like read things that I would tweet and then like talk to him about it and be like, oh, she's acting like she's still single on Twitter. Like, you better watch your girl. What? Yeah, but I didn't. How do you act single on Twitter? I don't know. Unless you just like say on Twitter, I'm I single. I like hashtag like single life because I had made a funny pun and well, I thought it was funny. It didn't get any RTs, so so maybe it wasn't that funny. I can't believe. But she then he read like, it but then didn't. he she, she like emailed him and was like concerned about which she just likes the drama. So I really wanted to block her just because it was like kind of creepy and weird that like somebody was trying to mess around with my relationship. That's weird. But yeah, anyhow. But I didn't know what her name was, and so I just. I don't know what her Twitter name is. And that's a bummer that she never favorited any of your tweets. I know, that is such a bummer. Like, I, mean, like, I mean, like, I get it, but it's like, you know, some of the, there's some gems in there. Yeah. I, uh, dated a girl that thought I was, like, hitting on girls on Twitter. People freak out about that stuff. I know. It's. <laughs> It's weird. It's like I have people treat social media like a, it's weird. It's like everything's about you or something well, like that. I think it's funny on, not necessarily funny, but like people assume that you, or they're like, you're cheating or you're being unfaithful based on things that you've put on social media. And it's like, really, can you give me more credit than that? Like, I understand that social media is a public platform. Like, do you really think that I would be so dumb? that I would be cheating on you and then like bragging about it on social media. I'm not an oh, idiot. God. I mean, I know people that have done that. Yeah, I do too. But and was, they're dumb. Yeah. So. Yeah. And the person that's dating them is probably a chump if they're willing to date somebody that's oh, yeah. dumb. In every, yeah, in every single circumstance, it's always been the case where it's like, I don't know, well, like, why are you like still with this person? Like they cheated on you. It's obvious, like I can see it. I love the drama. Uh, I don't know. I think my greatest moment on Twitter, uh, Kumail and John Daly were having a discussion about Scientology, and I made a three-part Scientology pun, and John Daly favored it, and I was like, like, I took a screenshot of it on my phone. I was so proud. I've gotten a couple, like, favorites from comics and stuff. I know... Kurt Braunohler has favorited me on Twitter a few, a few times. Ron Funches has. Two uh, people that need to come to St. Louis. I know. They Did you see that they did a show with Kyle Kinane? It was Kyle, Ron, and, um, and Kurt. Oh, yeah! And I was like, I gotta go there! 
Yeah, I saw, I saw the poster for it. I don't remember where. I think it was it for South by Southwest. It might have been. I want to say it was fairly it was either, recent. It was either that or Chicago. I feel like there's been a lot of really awesome shows popping up around like South by Southwest. You know, mm. because everybody's in the area or whatever. Yeah. And they're like, well, let's go to Chicago and do shows. Oh, really? Ron Funches wants to do a show with me? Yeah, let's make that happen. Ron Funches was almost here. He was supposed He's to be here. He's almost been here like five times. But really? From I think from what I understand, he has canceled at the Funny Bone at least twice. Once was because there was just like, I think he got, I think it was when um, Undateable was first. Like it was, it had, had a pilot episode and then it got picked up and then he like stopped doing his tour to film that. And the second time, he just decided he didn't want to come to St. Louis because, like, ticket sales weren't up or something. I'm not 100%. I actually sent him an email. I was like, hey, come to St. Louis. I never made it back. Nothing back? No. I do that. It's actually, like, the first, the first comedian I ever sent an email to that was like, please come to St. Louis was to Maria Bamford. And I found her agent's info online. And it, it was like two o'clock in the morning, and I hadn't—I had probably been drinking at some point, but I wasn't like hammered. Mm-hmm. But I was like, man, I want Maria Bamford to but come. But you've been to drinking enough to think like this is a good idea. Yeah, like to to th- I was like empowered drunk, but I uh-huh. wasn't like don't forget to spell check drunk. Right. And I sent an email and was just like, here's what I would like to do. And then like I woke up the next morning and at like 10 a.m. there was an email back from her agent and I was just absolutely blown away. I was like, what? Why are they talking to me? This is ridiculous. Um, How long ago was that? That was like three years ago. It was before Comedy in the Loop had really even done much at all. Because when I, right before she came to the Funny Bone, um, I knew she was like in the area and I had sent another message. was like, hey, can we please reopen this conversation? Because I ended up passing it on to Bert, who was the talent buyer at the Firebird. Uh-huh. And I was like, I don't, I was like, somehow they are talking to me. I don't understand how to do contracts or like money or any of that stuff. It was just like a shot in the dark and it worked. Can you take it over? Mm-hmm. And then she confirmed with Firebird. But then she canceled the show because it was within six days of another show. And she doesn't like to travel uh-huh. like a lot. So she, like, has to go somewhere and be able to stay and leave and not feel like she's being rushed, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so she ended up canceling. And then um, when she came back through, like, when she hit the funny bone, she was doing, like, all theaters and stuff. So there wasn't, like, a, she would have had to have gone, like, to the Fox or something. Like, I mean, and that was just, like, within, like, a year and a half. And I didn't even realize that she had, like, her clout or whatever had picked up that much yeah yeah i didn't i don't know it's hard to i guess since i've been like involved in comedy it's hard to gauge how famous a comedian is yeah like when i like for a while i was like hannibal burris is pretty famous and now now he's so famous i know he is so famous now yeah i hadn't really thought that maria had done any like she hadn't even put out a special between the time that i was trying to get her to come to St. Louis to when she came to the Funny Bone. Like, she hadn't done anything new or different, but she went from doing, like, small, like, 200, 300-seaters to, like, places like the Fox Size. And I was like, what? 
what happened? What did I miss? Because I had, I've always thought she's, like, I don't know, from when I first started doing comedy, I was like, oh yeah, Maria Bamford, she's awesome. Like, she's always been around to me. Uh -huh. But I think comedy, people who do comedy and their radar is so completely different from people who don't, who aren't in comedy world. Right. Because, like, you can, because you don't, you almost have to be in it to follow it, like, the way we do, at least. Oh, yeah. I, it blows people's mind that I go to 10-plus comedy shows a month. I mean, like, when you think about, like, what's happening this week, Estela Blade's premiering, mm -hmm. uh, Bill Chop is going to be at Storyteller, which it sucks that those are on the same night. Um, there's probably a handful. I mean, Aardvark's doing their regular competition. Is that this week? I don't know. I assume. It's... Probably this week or next week. I'm not sure. I don't, I don't know the dates. I don't know either. I just, I just there's say too, that I'm going to every shows. event. There is too many shows. Actually, and that's a good. I'm, I'm so glad there's too many shows. Yeah, I hope what starts happening is people start. I mean, I don't want any of the shows to go away, but I hope people put more like time and effort into making sure that their show is like, you know, worthy of competition. I think shows will get better because it's like, well, who's going to go to my show over this other show that's happening? I have to make it better. So people want to come to my show. Right. And hopefully that starts happening whether th rather than like people just being like, well, sucks, nobody came. And then just leaving it at that. The first time we did, the first time we did picnic time, we didn't have, we had like less than 10 people show up that weren't like booked on the show. That's and pretty good. Yeah. Were they people that you had ever seen at comedy shows before? Uh, no, yeah, some, yeah. Well, that's a lot even of them, better. Yeah. And it was fine. But, like, I, I don't know. I enjoyed it. There were parts of me that was like, I wish there were, like... I didn't, but it was also our fault because we didn't do much of promotion. And, uh, I'm just... I was bummed out about it. But I, I like, when it happened, but looking back, it was good. That's a good, like, debut for a show that we did no promotion on. Yeah. That's fine. And hopefully for this one, we're uh, trying to do it better. I mean, I've had shows where I have had posters out in, like, a spot on the RFT blog and promote it at other shows, and, like, five people show up. And it's, like, five friends that I called that day and was like, please just come to my show. <laughs> please. So that's, why I don't like bringing, that's why I don't like bringing people to shows. It's because, like, I, like, as much as I want my, my, like, my old friends to come to shows and, be like, and, like, rub it in their face how well I'm doing. Not really. Kind well, of. I don't think it's bit. rubbing it in their face. I think it's always important to bring people out to I shows. Know. But I know I get what you're saying. Like, when I first started doing comedy, anytime I got, like, stage time outside of an open mic, I tried to bring people out, and then it was, like, turning into, like, a couple times a month. And then my friends were like, we've already seen you tell jokes yeah. enough times. Like, we know your jokes. I was like, oh, yeah. And I guess I got to be. So then I would be more choosy about the shows that I wanted people to come to. Like, when I, like, got booked for Judah at the, for uh, Judah Friedlander at Firebird, I was like, okay, everybody, this is the show you have to come to. Right. Because, you know, then the club's happy that you brought people out. And, you know, that Judah has a better audience. I get to tell the same jokes that I've been telling to all of my friends for all this time. Again, only I'm two feet above them, looking down on them. 
Look at me now. I got like a microphone. <laughs> yep. That's it. <laughs> That's where I was gonna go with that. Not exactly. Where were you gonna go with it? I was gonna say like the Chris Brown song. Oh yeah. I was gonna say I'm getting paper. I'm I think getting so. paper. What a weird comeback he's had. Did he have a comeback? I g I don't know. I don't even I don't yeah, he's been here for years. That's an LL Pigeon reference. That I'm a little excited about. <laughs> But you didn't respond to it? I didn't get it. Sorry. <laughs> I was trying to think about whether or not I had actually seen Chris Brown, and I did see Chris Brown. My little sister really liked Chris Brown, and he was at the Verizon Wireless Amphitheater wow. with, like... Oh, it was with Kelly Rowland! Kelly Rowland? Yeah, I really wanted to go see Kelly Rowland. She really wanted to go see Chris Brown, and then... Um, who was it that ended up being on the show too? Some dude that was really popular that's probably not popular anymore. But I think he had T.I. Is T.I. so popular? T.I. is kind of popular. I think it might have been. It was some guy with initials, I'm pretty sure. There's probably a lot of them. There's a few. There's a few. There's a few. Um, but yeah, Chris Brown and Kelly, it was awesome. Are you a Chris Brown, Chris Brown fan? No, not really. They're like... When he first, like, kind of came up, there were a few songs that I really enjoyed. And then, like, even with the whole, like, Rihanna thing, like, it's still kind of, I still enjoy his music. But there's, like, I'm just not as into it anymore. Yeah, it's weird, like, when people, when famous people do shitty things. Because people come at them and they're like, well, like, Bill Cosby. We were like, Bill Cosby's a terrible artist. I'm like, no, Bill Cosby's still funny. He just did a really shitty thing a couple of times. Yeah. Allegedly. And that, allegedly, yeah. And that, and it's and it's a weird conversation to have with me, like, mm-hmm. who was it? Oh, I posted something. I went to the U.S. Women's Soccer game last week, and I took, I coached a U-12 soccer team, and we all went together. Mm-hmm. And Hope Solo's been one of my favorite soccer players for a long time, and I posted something about how excited I was. And my friend Nate posted, like, Oh, Kelsey, are you aware that she is currently, like, under whatever scrutiny or there's, like, a court case pending against her for two accounts of domestic abuse? I was like, what What am I going to do about it? Like, what do you want my role to be now? Like, it feels like I have to now... And I so just, people don't think you're, like, because I think like what, people like, associate, like, you liking okay, someone so that has I, done a terrible thing. Like they associate, like they associate with you with like supporting well, that terrible thing. Kelsey's pro domestic abuse because exactly. she likes a soccer player that has punched somebody a couple times. And I'm not pro domestic abuse, for the record. If anybody was, <laughs> I'm glad you're putting it out. There. If anybody was concerned, I'm not. I'm not for it. Um. But it just and so like Chris Brown, yeah. But then at the same time, I feel like by not being mad about it and not taking a stand on it, then I'm saying it's okay. Which, it's not. You're not. But it's just like, I don't, like, I don't know. It's like, hard. I can Tina Turner. He broke her nose how many times? It's like, More I think, I think after the third or fourth time, it's up to her to decide to not let this happen again. Right. I wonder what the internet would have said if it was existed. Uh, probably terrible <laughs> things. 
terrible, terrible things. But, uh, but at the same time, Ike and Tina Turner have made some of the best music of all time. Oh, yeah. Together. It's like, what? I don't know. Then, like, the utilitarianism in me comes out and is like, how, you know, would I let somebody punch me in the face eight times to make gold records? As if, like, you know, one is dependent on the other. It's not like somebody punches me in the face and suddenly I can sing, like, an angel. But Would you would, would you take that if that was the case? I would totally let... If somebody was like, hey, Kelsey, I'm going to punch you... Over the course of the next five years, I'm going to break your nose eight times. But in exchange, you are going to write one of the best and most revered comedy albums of all time. And you're going to make millions of dollars. Absolutely. Yeah. I feel like it's worth it. Because, like, you can get your nose fixed. I probably wouldn't. I feel like that would have to be, like, the scar I bear of, like... That would be, like, my, like, sign that I sold my soul to the devil, you know? Because it's got a fucked up face. But it wouldn't matter. Because I feel like I that's have... a comedy thing. Where we're like, yeah, we gotta show, we gotta pull all ourselves out there. I feel like music, like, a musician would have gotten their face yeah. fixed. Yeah. Actually, um, did you happen to read the interview with Andrew Frank? On the, in the RFT? I did it. No big deal. <laughs> I, re- I, I read it. I don't remember it. Um, well, he said something that I think... Uh, most people forget about or don't realize is that the reason why comedy is so difficult is because it's about transparency. And comedians put so much of themselves out there that it makes them, you know, in exchange vulnerable. And so, you know, that kind of going over to the broken nose thing, like, if I accepted a deal like that, I think it would be impossible for me to not talk about it. Or to not, like, be like, yeah, this is what I did. But I don't know. And I think that's why I hate Jeff Dunham. (laughs) That's why you hate Jeff Dunham? It's because, and I saw, I I, uh, went to Fort Collins last week and I was in the airport. There was a huge Jeff Dunham and I like, I got this like sense of anger just looking at his poster. And it's because comedy is about transparency. The best comedians are people who tell like true stories. You know, yeah, they're embellished. Yeah, people go into, you know, whatever. But... Jeff Dunham literally has a puppet. If he said those things himself, would he be funny? And I and I don't think that he necessarily would be. If it was just Jeff Dunham on stage being racist without a puppet, would he be funny? God. Probably not. I thought you were gonna just end with probably, and I was kind of was like. You get out of the car, <laughs> but we're here now. Oh, yeah. We are here, and that's this is a good place to end. <laughs> Thank you for doing this, Kelsey. Thanks for giving me a ride. Justin needs a ride. Justin needs a ride. Justin needs a ride. Thanks for listening to Justin Needs a Ride. This podcast is part of the Bare Knuckle Comedy Podcast Network, so check out some of our other podcasts. There's Instant Expert, hosted by Andrew Mahalovich, in which Andrew interviews comedians, improvisers, and other compulsive liars about jobs they don't have and topics they know nothing about. Check out I'm the Other Guy, where I, Christian Lawrence, talk to up-and-coming comedians about times they had a one-to-one offstage experience with the greats of comedy. And of course, there's Bare Knuckle Comedy Podcast, coming later, which features audio from the comics and other performers recorded live at the longest-running independent comedy showcase in St. Louis.
Bare knuckle comedy.